0: This is the London Live Podcast. Listen live weekdays from 1 to 3 on 980 CFPL. Greg Murray is a lead plumber with Roy Inch and Son Service Experts and joins us now just again for a little refresher. Greg, uh, been getting a lot of calls?
1: Yeah, quite a few. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there could be more in the future if we're not careful. And as we mentioned off the start of the show, toilet paper has certainly become a very big topic. Now, In the plumbing world, it can be a very big topic, but I think we almost need to turn away from toilet paper and some of the other things, because this morning in some aisles, we and carrying into this afternoon as well, in some aisles in grocery stores or wherever they've been selling toilet paper, they've now got it lined with paper towel and Kleenex. You've got people who are scooping up wet wipes. When it comes to what you should flush down a toilet and what you should not flush is there any kind of rule we can use?
1: Well, there's always the basic stuff that you shouldn't flush down to begin with, no matter what's going on, which is uh any feminine products that's uh definitely a no no. <laughs> Uh, another one would be the flushable wipes. Those ones are definitely not flushable.
0: Even though they're called flushable wipes, and that, you know what? We get fooled by advertising quite often. That's one of the biggest fools of advertising right there. They're called flushable wipes. Don't flush them.
1: In some of the newer houses, they would probably be okay if you got a brand new sewer, that kind of scenario. That's usually okay. But if uh, you got an older system, you're, it's definitely going to cause a lot of problems.
0: Now, if we have people who have said, hey, I couldn't buy toilet paper. I really needed it. Uh, I just bought boxes of Kleenex. How about Kleenex? Because it's similar to toilet paper, but is it similar from a plumbing standpoint?
1: Yeah, there wouldn't be any issue with tissue paper as long as you're not getting the really thick stuff. Like you get the, what is it, the cashmere or whatever it is. Those ones are (laughs) like as thick as paper towel. Those ones could definitely cause an issue if you're stuck and you had to use them. Just kind of go light duty on it, and uh, you probably shouldn't have an issue.
0: Okay, well, that's at least good to know. We're talking with Greg Murray, who is the lead plumber with Roy Sons service experts, looking at what you can and cannot flush. Now, you brought up paper towel. Uh, Probably not a good idea to flush that because of its thickness, but maybe that leads us to the other part of the conversation. What is happening in those pipes if you are flushing things that are too thick?
1: Well, if it's an older system, like uh, if it's cast iron piping in the house, and it's older, it'll have barbs on the inside of the pipe. So what it'll do is it'll all kind of sandwich up into a big pile, and then the next time you flush, it might not push through. And then you end up with uh, two inches of water in the basement. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's
0: that's not what we want in any way. We don't need that to compound to the way everybody else is feeling right now. So, oh, okay, no water in the basement because your toilet is overflowing. Now, if you do get an issue like that, how far into the system can something like that be?
1: It can all depend. It matters where it gets caught in the system. Sometimes it can make it all the way to the outside, and if you have an older sewer outside, it'll get caught up in there. So if you have tree roots problems, and then you put paper down, paper towel or flushable wipes down, it'll all kind of build up into a big pile with the roots, and then you're
0: in big trouble. Is it the toilet paper is just designed to kind of break down when it is flushed down?
1: Yeah, it's, it's just the way it's made. It's not as thick, so when the water gets to it, it kind of breaks to pieces. But as everybody knows, if you use too much toilet paper, that can cause an issue as well.
0: Yeah, so don't be shy about flushing more than once.
1: Well, it just uh, some people uh, try to avoid using half a roll, you know, just kind of <laughs> keep <laughs> keep it light duty and uh, just use what you need to and you'll, you'll be better off.
0: So Kleenex, that's okay as long as you're not using really thick stuff. Toilet paper, obviously, that's okay, but you mentioned no flushing of feminine hygiene products, no flushing of paper towels. Q-tips can be a bad thing too, right?
1: Yeah, the ear swabs, they're, uh, they're definitely bad because they turn sideways in the drain and they don't break down in the middle because they're plastic. So it'll just kind of act like a trap, and everything will build up, and you can end up with backups from that as well.
0: Well, Greg, here's hoping that you don't get an excess number of calls in the next little while, given that people are using some different alternatives until the stores can stock their shelves once more. But we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today on London Live.
1: Yeah, no problem.
0: We are joined now on London Live by the Associate Director of the Thames Valley District School Board, Mr. Jeff Pratt. Mr. Pratt, how are things?
2: Uh we're we're fine, uh Mike, uh quite busy but uh we're we're certainly working through uh, this big announcement from uh, Minister Lecce yesterday.
0: Well, we appreciate you taking a little bit of time because we do end up with a lot of questions regarding things like child care and alternative education. So why don't we start with child care because it seems to be a big one. What will be happening with child care that is handled by the Thames Valley District School Board?
2: Uh, great question. Um, th- this is a very difficult decision. Our uh, pandemic team has been meeting uh, over the last uh, evening and today and uh, trying to make some very quick decisions for families and students and staff um, and also some very tough decisions. So we have uh, decided and have announced that all child care operating out of Thames Valley sites um, has, will be closed effective end of day today. Uh, that includes all family centers, um, March Great Camps, as well as all community uh, use uh, facility rental agreements with all of our sites.
0: Okay, and like you say, there were a lot of meetings that went into that, that was not the easiest decision to make.
2: No, I mean, uh, we certainly have lots of empathy for our parents and uh, students. There's, you know, from arranging daycare um, to um, the impacts that our students will have in terms of the instructional. Uh, program uh, delivery that they will uh, lose out on over these next two weeks. So these are certainly unprecedented times that we're in, and uh, we're trying to do uh, and make decisions what's best to support the health and well-being of our Thames Valley community.
0: We're talking right now with Jeff Pratt, Associate Director of the Thames Valley District School Board. So, uh, let's look then at maybe some of the other March break things that would have been going on because your facilities are sometimes used for different March break events. How is that being handled?
2: So, uh, we are uh, doing communication to uh, a lot of channels um, as we speak, uh, notifying um, Uh, third parties and uh, individuals uh, third parties that have rented out our facilities but uh, any third party um, organization for example the city of london that who may have rented out some of our sites to run uh, march break camps for instance uh, they will all be notified by end of day today that uh, our facilities will no longer be available
0: okay and in terms of adults or alternative and continuing education that's another question we've been getting
2: Yes. uh, So all of those sites uh, and those programs are also closed. Um, um, All dual credit programs um, that run out of Western uh, and Fanshawe College are also cancelled. Co-op placements as well. Uh, so this is really impacting every one of our students and every one of our sites.
0: We have that athletic and artistic competitions are canceled until April the fifth. At that time, will this be reevaluated?
2: Yes, it will be. Um, as you're aware, this is a quite the fluid process uh, that uh, we're working on every day. Uh, so um, you know, once the the government of Ontario and uh, the federal government has a better sense for um, COVID-19 and where we're at in terms of a province, Um, the decision will be made to, um, again, plan to reopen our schools on April the 6th, or uh, perhaps we may need to extend longer depending on uh, the guidance and the direction uh, that we receive from the Ministry of Education.
0: We're talking with Jeff Pratt from the Thames Valley District School Board. Mr. Pratt, one last thing, and that is there are going to be students who do still go away on vacation on March break. These vacations have been booked for a long, long time. If they are heading to another country and then returning, is there anything special that they would need to know or need to do?
2: Um I- I think they need to follow uh, the Middlesex uh, and Health Unit and local health units uh, that uh, we collaborate with, with Thames Valley, if they have concerns or if they visit countries that are on uh, the um, uh, do not visit list from uh, Health Canada. Um, the, the whole intent of this uh, two-week uh, shutdown after March break is really to have that uh, that time frame where students, if they have traveled, uh, would be able to self-isolate at home for that two-week period before they re-enter our schools uh, where they uh, potentially would have the um, uh, trans- transfer those uh, viruses to other staff or students. So that's the, really the, the premise behind this two-week shutdown.
0: Okay. Excellent. Well, we appreciate the update. Uh, Jeff, all the best moving forward, and uh, I know you'll continue to provide updates as we do move forward.
2: Will do. Thanks so much for your time.
0: Take care. Bleska Kambaba joins us right now. And you know what? This this is a pretty amazing story because if we look at how things have been going off the field and on the field for Bleska Kambaba, you have seen some pretty incredible things. Bleska, thanks so much for being with us.
3: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: Let's kind of go over uh, just... How you're feeling as a student athlete right now, watching some of these other athletes, who some of whom you know, not able to compete, not able to continue. What's that been like?
3: It kind of feels surreal. Like uh, I've personally been affected too. My everybody that's been training for the CFL Combine that was supposed to happen at the end of the month that even's been canceled. So it's definitely a a period of shock. Just seeing. The wave of uh, different leagues is shutting down it 's unfortunate, but uh it 's understandable
0: and so many athletes and you just outlined it i mean cfl combine this is something you 've been working toward for years. Yet, everybody has this. Well, it is understandable, which I think a lot of people are kind of surprised by. The idea that a lot of athletes have had either their seasons canceled, the Swiss Hockey League's not even going to have a champion this year, the XFL may not continue. But at the same time, everybody's saying, you know what, I get it.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, what can you do? It's really uh, like uncharted territories now, like just seeing everything that's going on. I mean, Uh, You gotta do what's best for people in the long run, but it's tough, definitely.
0: Well, we use sports for a lot of inspiration, so we need you on this Friday afternoon to provide us with a little bit of <laughs> inspiration. You've been doing it on the field for a long time. You've had some incredible interceptions over your career, and you've had all-Canadian honors. I mean, you've, you've hit pinnacles on the field, but this garden initiative that you have started off the field, you have to explain kind of the ground roots of why you wanted to help out kids off the field.
3: I mean, it starts from uh, the people in my life that have helped me, like, get to the point where, to where I am now, to be able to, to provide kids with this opportunity. I mean, I look at, uh, just, you know, my history, my how much my parents put into this, like, the sacrifices they made and the people who helped them with those sacrifices. And uh, there are still things that I, I wish I would have had, but I'm not saying, like, uh, it wasn't enough, but there's opportunities to, to give kids more than what's, like, available because of high costs because of uh, all the socioeconomic barriers there.
0: So you're looking to help out kids who maybe don't have the resources financially to participate in the sports that they want to, and you've created the Garden Initiative. When did you put all this together for the very first time?
3: Uh, the very first time was last year. I mean, uh, I started really looking at what I wanted to do with my life and, I've always worked with kids through summer camps, through tutoring. I don't know, it's something that I felt that I needed because I saw a lot of people that I felt like I wish I could have like done something for them or I wish that they could have had the opportunities that I had. So I feel like uh, being in the position I am, the network that I have, the, the relationships I've made, uh, I'm able to find the right people. And I just, I just put myself out there and then the feedback's been incredible.
0: We're talking with Western Mustang, defensive back, Bleska Kambamba, and we're talking about the Garden Initiative, which he has put together. A few kids showed up at first, but you mentioned this kind of got big in a hurry. Let us know where you're at now.
3: Uh, where I'm at, I've, I've met with uh, a couple of different people that want to uh, help them volunteer, and I've been meeting with a organization called uh, Sports Connect Canada, I've met with a chairperson Maria, and Maria Rango. she's been very helpful, and we're just looking at ways that we can uh, provide programming uh, sooner than later to the kids that we have like uh, in our reach, and we're just trying to do as much as we can because that's really what we can do.
0: You know what, and that's the kind of news that you need to hear now when we have minor hockey put on hold, seasons have been ended there, recreational soccer has either been put on hold or indoor seasons have ended so obviously we're not talking about tomorrow because we've got to get through what the world is getting through at the moment with regard to you know novel coronavirus concerns but at the same time are you projecting toward events or are you just projecting toward creating something that can benefit kids all the time?
3: Uh we're we're definitely hoping to do something that's more uh that's uh weekly or bi weekly, something that's always there. But so, uh we're also trying to do little events. It's just a matter of uh, who's willing to help and what the resources we have and uh it's gonna be uh Narcissus tax trying to get the kids off their playstations after the three weeks of March break. So we're working hard
0: on that. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. Hopefully there's yeah. there's a little football tossing. Because we've got some good weather. Hopefully you can get outside, throw a football, throw a baseball, play some street <laughs> hockey, something like that. And, yeah. uh, and we can find a way to not just make it three weeks a playstation for the kids who aren't <laughs> at school. Now, in terms of, of what the Garden Initiative is setting up, you mentioned you've met with a number of organizations. Is it to provide a fund that can help out anybody who doesn't maybe have the resources financially to participate or would it be about making affordable programs for them to go to
3: uh we definitely want to go the route where we're doing it ourselves uh like I said before I have a tremendous uh network of old teammates that have like poured on me like give me support that are that are people who have access to these like the connections to people that understand the more how would I say, the more athletic development piece of sport. Like, we want to give up opportunities kids to play if they want to play, to play to perform, or just a place where they can just drop in and come. Like, it's all it's just all about it's really trying to encompass the idea that, I don't know, every kid should be able to play, and we want to put it matters into our own hands because we're like the youth that, that were affected by it, and we know how we feel like it should change or where we need to change it.
0: Bleska Kambamba joining us as we talk about the Garden Initiative, and it's something that if you want to, you can check out right now by basically going to a, a GoFundMe page. You've set up a GoFundMe page to kind of help out in, in making uh, or in in helping people make donations. Where can we find that?
3: Uh, you can find it on our Instagram page uh, through Facebook. Uh, we've been uh, kind of on the low low end of our um of our progress just because we're doing a lot of behind the scenes things. But soon uh, we'll be back and running full, full, uh, full go. We'll be ready to make some change, make some kids smile.
0: Bleska, before we let you go, what has sports done for you in your life? Is there even a way to describe it? Um,
3: It's, uh, it's, it's pretty indescribable. I mean, from the people that I've met, from the opportunities that I've opened, like it's, I just want to make sure that anybody, that a kid that was like me, that had the drive, that had the passion, I want to be able to give back because it's given so much to me. So it's all really about the respect of the game.
0: So you guys have an Instagram page, you have a Facebook page. We can find those at the Garden Initiative? Absolutely. Beautiful. Good luck with everything. We'll continue to follow this story, and good luck with the football career once it resumes. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Take care. You've been listening to the London Live podcast. Catch the show live on weekdays from one to three.